Let's, let's go ahead and read the creed one more time, and then uh, we'll get into this last little ending. Amen. So go ahead and read this with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. So maybe you remember this from six months ago. Maybe we don't. Creed, the first time we've seen it written was somewhere around 200 AD. Um, there's a bunch of versions. This final condensed form was about 700 AD. And um, basically every Christian who's lived since then has believed, has said something like these words. So when we read the Creed, this isn't just, you know, us at Union Lake in 2021, we are connecting to the entire history, most of the history of the Christian church. So we have a amen. Um, let's just start basic. What does amen mean? Out of all the church words that we could talk about, amen is maybe the churchiest of the church words. Anybody actually know what it means? I don't know what it means. That's not a because you got my last question. Okay, fine. If you're a Messino, you can answer it. I agree. I agree? Yeah. Um, that's, there's a couple ways you could translate it. I agree with this. Um, it's like, so let it be true, so be it. It's a statement of, I affirm the truth of this. Let's make sure this actually happens in reality. It's a way of saying, yeah, that is true, that is valid, that is certain, um, or that's a faithful representation. So uh, there's a couple ways we use amen in scripture. Um, nobody has a Bible. We'll just, we'll just throw them up here. Four ways. We'll close down the creed. We'll head out. So, so the four ways we see amen in scripture is the first is if you're going to agree to something like an oath or a curse, you would say amen to it. So um, nobody here has ever bought a car or a house or anything like that. Except, yeah, okay. Um, so have you ever been around your parents when they purchase something very expensive? No, a dog. So let's say you're buying a car. You have to go in and you sit in the really creepy guy's office and he gives you this stack of papers that's about this thick. And it's like, you know, windshield inspection, sign here. Windshield wipers, initial here. Windshield wiper fluid, initial here. And you just initial and sign like a hundred things saying, you know, I agree with all of this. I agree with the agreement. I agree to purchase. I agree to make payments. I agree not to sue you. All of this stuff. That's kind of what the amen deals with when you're making an oath or a curse in the Bible. So um, when, when Moses brought the law to the people, he's like, here's the law from God. You guys agree to it. So in Deuteronomy 27, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. We agree. That, that seems right. 
Cursed be anyone who moves his neighbor's landmark, so he steals land. And the people said, Amen. Cursed be anyone who misleads a blind man down the road, and the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be anyone who perverts justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. So in the Bible, the first way we see Amen is as an agreement to this oath, this curse. It seems legitimate. I agree to be bound by it. Um, yeah, we agree to the terms of this oath. Second way would be to receive good news, right? Um, so in Jeremiah's day, which is this top one, um, anybody know what's going on with Jeremiah? Chloe does. Yeah, Jeremiah's right at the siege of Jerusalem. So when Babylon comes in and destroys Jerusalem, takes all the people captive, just like Assyria did, and then Nahum says they're going to be judged for it. Uh, Jeremiah's the prophet there. And he, he's basically saying, everybody you know and love is either going to be killed by your enemies or they're going to be taken as slaves. And then he watches it happen. Nobody listens to him. Um, maybe one person believed him and got saved, but that's really debatable. It might be he preached for 30 years and nobody ever got saved. Um, and so God says to him, you know, you're going to be taken captive to Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar, just like Daniel was. Um, but I'm going to bring you back from exile. Jeru or Judah's not gone forever. My people are going to survive this. And the prophet Jeremiah said, after he got this news, verse 6, Amen. Let it be true. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring us back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord, and all the exiles. So he says, good things are going to happen. And Jeremiah replies, amen. Let these good things happen. May it be true. Or again in Revelation, Jesus says, surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Let's go. What you said is going to happen. I want it to be true right here, right now. Let's make this happen. Number three is to join in the prayer or praise. This is probably how we use amen the most, right? Um, so I have, no, if I have First Chronicles 16 up here, which says after, I'm trying to think of what day that was. I'm not sure which day this is. So David said to the choir master, the sons of Asaph, um, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises, tell of his wondrous works, glory to his holy name. And so the, the choir master sings these songs, and then all the people responded, Amen. They praised the Lord. They're not the ones singing, right? But they're agreeing with, it, with what's being sung in praise or in prayer, right? Now we have Ezra the priest. He opens the Bible, he reads it, and he blesses them. And the people answered, Amen, Amen. They lifted up their hands, they bowed their heads, and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So this is like, with the Amen, this is the Amen we know, right? So this morning, right, halfway through the service, before Pastor Jeff preached, I went up and I prayed. And, you know, nobody else was saying anything some people were praying, some people were like, I'm hungry, some people were looking around at kids, whatever. Um, that's just how prayer <laughs> works in a, in a church. And then at the end, I said amen, 
and a lot of the people in the congregation said amen, which basically is saying, yeah, everything he said, I agree with that. Like, let's make that my prayer too. It's not that we were all, you know, writing out so we say the exact same thing, but it's a way to agree with what's being said. So um, if you ever wondered why, you know, everybody usually chimes in and says amen at the end of a prayer and not just the person that's, that's praying, that's why. It's basically saying, yeah, what he said, that goes for me too. Let, let that be true. So be it. I, I want that prayer to be mine. Fourth way we see it in scripture is to preface authority. So Jesus often says, for truly, or depending on what Bible you're reading, amen, amen. Um, if you're reading the Greek, it would read, amen, amen. That's the word that we get truly from here. Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all of it's accomplished. So Jesus uses this word, amen, amen, to say, this is true. What I'm saying has authority. You need to pay attention to it. I'm not appealing to some other authority. I have authority to tell you truth in and of myself. Which brings us back to the creed, right? The amen in the creed, then, plays a really important role. Because first it says, yeah, everything we said in the creed, I affirm that. That's right. That's what the Bible teaches. I want to agree with this creed. Even though I didn't write it, I agree with it. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, it actually goes with those first words, Chloe's favorite words, of I believe, right? I believe, let it be so. Because the creed doesn't start, right? I understand everything I'm about to say. Or, I never have doubts about this. Or, all of my questions have been answered and I can explain it to anyone. The creed says, I believe. I know this to be true. I know it to com be completely true. Even if I don't have complete understanding of it. Maybe I have doubts about what this means, how it works, how things happen, but I believe it. Maybe I have questions still, but I believe it. And so at the beginning we say, I believe, and, at the, and we pray to God, let this be true. Let me actually believe the creed. Make it so. I think, um, I mean, there's a lot of good verses in scripture, like all of them, but one of my favorites is Mark 9:24. Um, there is, Jesus is out teaching, right? And somebody in the crowd says, hey, my son is sick. And he, he has like a, a demon. He can't speak because of the demon. Um, and so I asked your disciples to cast out the demon and they weren't able to do it. And Jesus says in verse 19, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring me your son. So they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, he immediately convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus says, how long has this been happening to him since he was a kid? And it's cast him into fire and into waters trying to kill him. But if you can't do anything, have, have compassion and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can't, all things are possible for the one who believes. To which the man responds, I believe, help my unbelief. I feel like so often we think, okay, if I believe something, if I have faith in Christ, this means that I never doubt, I never waver, I never question. 
You know, I'm just always full on, yeah, absolutely, ask me anything, I can defend what I believe. But that's not how the Bible talks. I think this father of this sick, demonic child tells us a lot about belief. He says, I believe, but there's part of me that you need to help. I need you to help my unbelief. It's not that I don't believe. I do believe you, but I'm not 100% there. Help me. Help me believe in you. Help me to have faith. And so I just want to end the creed by asking, do you believe the creed? When you say, I believe, amen, let, me, let, let, let it be true, is that an honest thing to say? Because I, I feel like in church, maybe in youth ministry especially, we assume too much of people, right? We assume that you grew up in church, you know these things, you believe these things. Um, but like, we've, we've even learned in the creed, right, that, that that doesn't make you believe anything. We're all born in sin, not believing. Not believing, not because the truths are too hard or too difficult, but because we are born hating God. We don't want to believe him, right? If we believe God is creator, that means we have to obey his rules. If we believe God is Father, that means we have to love him. If we believe Christ was born and he lived and he died and he descended to hell, he rose again, he ascended to the right hand of God the Father, right? then that means he is the all-authoritative king. What Jesus says about every area of life is true. We need to obey him. right? When he says to love our enemies, He's being serious. When he says to pursue purity, he's being real. When he says um, to seek first his kingdom, he actually means seek my kingdom before you seek anything else. Right? If we believe in the Holy Spirit, that means we have to be holy. If we believe in the communion of saints, that means we have to care about the other people in the church with us. If we care about judgment, that means we should be sharing the gospel with our friends who don't know the Lord and repenting of our own sins. If we believe in the resurrection and the life everlasting, that means we can't live in this world like it is our permanent home, but we have to live for something greater and something eternal. It means we can't get too comfortable here. So when we say, I believe this, amen, let it be true, is that honest? Because if it is, truth has results. It has consequences, right? One of them is eternal life. That's a great thing, right? Others are the demands I just listed. And if it's not honest, I want you to consider why. Why don't you believe the creed? Is it because you know what, what it means to believe that it puts demands on your life? Is it because you've just never taken that step of faith to trust in Christ? Is it because the resurrection or, you know, the virgin birth seems a little bit too difficult? Is it because you still have questions, right? Or do you feel like you've just never been taught enough to understand? Um, one of the things I love about, you know, being in a youth group where we get together week after week and where we're discussing questions all summer is like, we get to work through these things together. I mean, that's why Changs are here. That's why Chrissy's here. That's why I'm here. I mean, I spent a large part of my week each week just talking to people about 
about romance and about, you know, the commands of Jesus Christ and um, encouraging them in their difficulties. So, like, maybe it's a summer. We have extra time. We need to spend a little bit of time coming in and, you know, hey, Dan, can we talk about something um, that was brought up in the creed? Or maybe it's going to your parents and asking them for explanation. Or maybe it's, uh, I, I really do believe this. I want to kick it into gear. I want to figure out what it means to live as a Christian who actually believes and lives like they believe what they confess they believe. Um, so I don't know, you know, we end the creed and I don't know what the next step is for you. I'm, I'm confident there is one, but it's probably different for everybody in the room that, that's studied this with us. But my prayer is that we would actually believe what we say we believe when we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty and through the rest of the creed, that we would all believe in this historic apostolic faith and that we would worship the God that it proclaims. And we could say, Amen, let it be so. Um, so let me pray for us. And I actually didn't go long like you thought I was going to. So uh, I'll pray for us. And then if we need to change clothes or whatever, we'll take a few minutes to do that. Use the bathroom. Don't do anything weird. Um, and some things you should go without saying, but we're going to say them anyways. And then um, we'll, we'll meet back in and we will play. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us um, the Apostles' Creed. Though it's, though it's not scripture, it accurately summarizes and condenses what your word teaches us. And it's a faithful way to understand a big book like the Bible in just a few short sentences. I thank you for giving us this year, even um, as we've been shut down and restarted a few times, um, that we could just take four months, 16 weeks, and look at the Apostles' Creed and how it affects our lives. Lord, I pray that um, through it, you would be working in the lives of the students here, that you would um, show them what the next steps are for them, whether it's to believe for the first time or to have the courage to ask the questions about what's preventing their belief or how to act out the things that they believe now that they've been explained to them. Lord, I pray that you would um, bless them with um, boldness, with courage, with, with discipline, whatever they need, um, that they would honor you and that they would mature to the next level of their faith. Lord, I pray for um, the rest of our time tonight. We pray that um, it would be safe, that we would have a good time, and that we would enjoy the people and the weather and um, all the things that you have given to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.